The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. But now we're going to talk about the infrastructure needs for the homeless community. This isn't a community that we typically talk infrastructure. We know about the Housing First campaign, that push that many communities are tackling, including right here in Edmonton. So we're going to the guy who's going to talk about the realities for the homeless community. Jared Bain is the Chief Strategy Officer with Homeward Trust. Hi, Jared. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, there's all kinds of places that we can take this conversation. And something that was tackled a little bit on the Ryan Jesperson show earlier today was the best before date on buildings. We often don't set those. And when we talk about health infrastructure, when we look at our hospitals, typically we recognize that we pass that best before date when elevator shafts start crumbling, when plumbing starts bursting. It's only after the fact that we're reacting rather than proactively preparing for these things or doing upgrades or renovations or looking at building a brand new hospital. Do you find that these are active, ongoing conversations about right now some of the emergency shelters we have in town? The Hope Mission is obviously a great resource. We've got Boyle Street Community. I know that all of all of these groups really work together to support this community. But uh, is this something that's an ongoing conversation that you're a part of? Uh, certainly it is. Um, when when we think about uh, infrastructure that um, is designed to help address homelessness, certainly th- those are some of the things that, that pop to mind around uh, shelters and, and drop-in centers and, and the kind of brick-and-mortar facilities um, that we associate with uh, with services for, for people experiencing homelessness. Um, that's an issue for sure, and, and uh, there's a, a resource gap and an infrastructure gap in terms of maintaining um, and or redeveloping some of those facilities, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, I also want to note, though, that when, when we're talking about infrastructure and, uh, and ending homelessness, <clears throat> by far the biggest conversation uh, is and, and should be about housing and, and housing supply. Um, and just like we've had a number of our, our affordable housing uh, buildings and, uh, and shelters and, and similar facilities um, who, are, who are subject to this, uh, this infrastructure gap and, and um, are, are aging and, and uh, in some cases needing repair or replacement. Um, similarly, on the other side of the equation, we, we still have a big problem in terms of supply um, and in terms of the, uh, the resource gap for uh, what's needed to end homelessness. In August of 2018, so this past August, the the city said they were pushing for more permanent supportive housing for Edmonton's homeless population. They said a move that could change the city's current model, which concentrates resources for vulnerable people, specifically in the downtown core. And it was Ward 6 City Councillor Scott McKean that said supportive housing is his absolute top priority. He wants to see the model spread throughout the city and give vulnerable people a more humane housing experience. This is all part of what you want to talk about. Uh, we've seen so many times, and I'm sure this is a, an issue that you're constantly contending with, they had looked out into Williger to, to build some options out there for some supportive low-income housing, potentially even in a homeless shelter, and the NIMBY effect kicked in. There was all kinds mm-hmm. of meetings. There was outrage. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that... Um Permanent supportive housing. I mean, it, it continues to be one of the one of the highest priorities for our, our community in, in ending homelessness, and um, it, and 
you know, has been identified again and again in planning and, and is, is one of those priorities front and center in, in Edmonton's plan to prevent end homelessness. Uh, the city, uh, the province, and the federal government have also voiced uh, support for permanent supportive housing as a, a, just an essential component of local efforts to end homelessness. And, and what that is, just um, for, for those who may not know, is it um, permanent supportive housing combines affordable, uh, long-term housing units with the kind of flexible support services that are often required for someone uh, with a history of, of chronic homelessness and who may be experiencing um, complex service needs. <clears throat> so um, it, it's, a, it, it's a huge need and it, it's a gap that's been identified uh, again and again. Um, and a, as you say, there, there's been a lot of discussion and debate about uh, where those projects should be best located. Um, the City of Edmonton certainly has, uh, in their support for affordable housing, voiced um, that uh, supportive housing and, and, in fact, a whole range of services for vulnerable people in Edmonton should be located in different neighbourhoods uh, around the city. Um, you're quite right that, that oftentimes those projects uh, encounter um, <clears throat> fear or, or nimby attitudes, but um, it, it's, it, it's really important that uh, we maintain um, that we stay engaged in uh, discussion with those communities, uh, that we are able to provide the facts um, and the evidence base behind permanent supportive housing and, and actually um, other models to address homelessness, and that we're able to, to try and tackle that fear and, and have those discussions with community. And, uh, and that's been, been part of the approach here in Edmonton and part of what's been voiced by, um, by council as well. Uh, my guest is Jared Bain, the Chief Strategy Officer with Homeward Trust. As our Decision Alberta coverage continues, we're talking infrastructure today with a special focus now on low-income housing and support for the homeless community. Uh, former Deputy Premier Thomas Lukasik, he believes apartment-sized houses could be the solutions for both seniors and the homeless. You look at how a city decides its budget, where provincial funding goes. Is this kind of a, a constant frustration for you that the community that you're working so hard to support is often left out of the greater funding discussions? Um, I'm not sure that we're left out of the, the greater funding discussion. I think certainly it, it remains really important for us that uh, housing and homelessness issues um, stay on the radar and, and stay on the radar for government um, because, as I say, we, we do have quite a, a resource gap in terms of what's required for us to, to achieve our, our goal as a community. Uh, I don't think it's a matter of, of pitting, uh, say, LRT funding uh, against homelessness funding. I think that's rarely how those uh, kinds of decisions are made. Um, but, but certainly in the discussion around uh, infrastructure needs and at a municipal level what's uh, what's required and what our priorities are. Um, it is really important that, that housing, and specifically uh, kinds of housing uh, that are about addressing homelessness, remain front of mind and um, at the forefront of the debate. I uh, mentioned just before we went to the break that Deputy Premier, former Deputy Premier Thomas Lukasik, he's spending some time getting involved in what he refuses to call tiny homes. He shakes his head at them being called that. But he does think apartment-sized houses, which... If, if you watch anything on HGTV, we talk a lot about tiny homes. So that's why everyone keeps referring to that way. But he says this may be the best way to actually move forward with that housing first model. 
Have, have you been following his journey? And I know there's many other companies across the province that are starting to dabble in this idea of presenting some different, a different way of thinking of, of that housing first model. Yes, yeah, so uh, tiny homes and, and other similar models of, of small uh, housing units that can be associated with this work, um, as you say, are are um, becoming more and more talked about, and, and that's not an Edmonton thing or an Alberta thing, um, but, but you see that in, uh, in a lot of communities uh, across North America in particular. Um, the, the unit itself, whether it's, it's uh, a tiny home, um, it, it's not about rethinking housing first or, or whether it's the best unit for housing first. Uh, most of those who are, who are actually housed and supported through the Housing First program in Edmonton um, are, are housing in market rental units actually uh, in, in neighborhoods across the city. Um, it, I, I do take the point though that um, it, it's important to be looking at a number of options and a number of different kinds of, of housing products uh, to meet the need for affordable housing units and to maximize the, the investments that are available from all orders of government uh, to make those units a, a reality. And, you know, Edmonton's plan has called for uh, more than 900 um, new units of permanent supportive housing that are that are required in, in our city, um, and that's a big price tag. It's a big investment, and so there are a lot of people who are were trying to develop projects and ideas, whether they're they're tiny homes or, or others, um, that make the uh, that are about stretching the dollars and putting together feasible projects. Um, for us, it, it's not that there's only only one model um, or one type of housing product. Um, but that we do see the, the investment translate into new permanent supportive housing units as well as the support services that are required to, uh, to maintain those and to support people exiting homelessness. I only have a, a few more minutes here with you. So knowing that you have the ear of the province of, of our next premier, whoever that may be, what is the issue that you want to put before them today? What's something that we need to keep in mind as we head to the polls? If homelessness is close to our heart, mental health resources and funding, we talk about addiction funding and resources. What, what do we need to hear about? Well, we've been talking a lot about uh, funding and, and resources, and, and I think uh, that's exactly where the conversation should be um, heading into an election period. Uh, housing and homelessness, um, these are issues that matter not just for uh, people who happen to be experiencing homelessness right now, but it's about the, the strength of our, our communities, of our, um, of our neighborhoods and, and businesses. Um, investing in ending homelessness is overwhelmingly more cost-effective than doing nothing and, and continuing to uh, manage the program with um, with sort of stopgap and, and crisis services. Um, and so uh, making this um, uh, an issue that's at the forefront um, and understanding that we have a, a, a plan in Edmonton and um, uh, a network of, of community partners who are actively engaged in this work who have made tremendous progress. Uh, you know, there's more than 8,000 people who've been housed through Housing First program since uh, Edmonton launched its plan to Preventive and homelessness in 2009. Uh, so we've made a tremendous amount of progress. There's a lot more work to do, though, and the biggest gap is resources. It is the the availability of um, uh, enough uh, support to to build on the good work we're doing, as well as enough um, housing units and permanent supportive housing units in particular uh, to address the the needs of people who've who've experienced homelessness for a long time. Jared, thank you for your time and thank you for everything you do. Thanks so much for having me, Kelsey. 
That's Jer- oh, didn't mean to cut him off there. Jared Bain, Chief Strategy Officer from Homeward Trust. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.